0: is a podcast that connects women who are eager to grow in their
1: relationship with God, living out the living word of God each day. All right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome um, back. We are going to continue this journey on purity. Um, and today we're going to be discussing uh, more specifically purity and relationships. Um, whereas last week, we just talked about like the general concept of purity or holiness Um, because last week I did say I was going to use those words interchangeably. But before we get into all of that,
0: Mm. we have a new person to introduce. I'm so excited. (laughs) You guys already used our voices, Karen, Maria, Natalie, we're all here. But I would like to say a better version of my name is here today, Karen Iskander.
2: (laughs) Welcome. Welcome, Karen. (laughs) We're so happy to have you on board. Yeah, thank literally. you so so much, guys. You guys are amazing, and Karen, thank you for being so modest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, guys, as you will come to hear her voice,
0: she is my favorite Karen. Oh,
1: <laughs> we've got yeah, so Karen be... Senior and Karen Junior with us exactly, yeah. and we couldn't be happier about it. Um, and we are still missing Marina, but we're all praying for her. Yes, and uh and she'll be back soon enough. Yes, I so think. purity. Ooh, This is a big one, um, and it was a little bit hard for me to prepare for. I don't know why. I think that there are a lot of ideas and a lot of different avenues that this like, conversation can be taken. Um, I do want to start off by this really fire quote St. Augustine said. He says, why do you acknowledge that there's a necessary remedy for lust, yet contradict me when I say that lust is a disease? If you recognize the remedy, then recognize the disease as well. And I think that's super prevalent in today's day and age where like like we were saying last episode, the boundary where what is considered lust is drawn is so pushed and has has been so blurred that anything goes now. Right. We even before we start talking about like the very practical
3: stuff, we need to understand the why. And I think, Natalie, you had something really profound to share with the Trinity. And I think that can help us explain from way back in Genesis why we're even speaking about all of this.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's not me. It was a sermon that I heard, but it was pretty sick. Nonetheless, and the priest um, was saying, so St. Augustine, is, sorry, not St. Augustine, St. John Chrysostom said, when I look at a married couple, I see the face of God. Mm. Right. I love how um, direct that is, because it really makes you think of the seriousness behind um, what our relationships mean and what they're for and um what they're supposed to look like and he, the reason why he said that is because all of our relationships whether it's romantic or not needs to be um or is expected to be a reflection of the trinity basically um when adam and eve were created eve was written it was said that she was made a helper comparable to him and the word helper is the same in its original translation is the same word that was used to describe the holy spirit And so Christ came as the second Adam. He created a helper comparable to him and with them both was the Holy Spirit. And so it is a perfect reflection of the Trinity. So with that, we see how we are also now supposed to be wives and husbands that mirror the Trinity as well. Mm-hmm.
3: And we mirror the Trinity in many ways, in the love and in the submission. But the focus of this episode is in the unity. So, Father Alexander Shmeman uh, speaks in his book on the Eucharist, actually, that man was created, as Natalie was just saying, in the image and perfect unity of God, right? To reflect the, the triune, three co essential persons. And he placed in man an unquenchable and infinite need for that unity and for union. So, although we fell, and man lost his knowledge of God, man still burned to find this unity. And so man is finding this unity in a helper comparable to him and in friendships and in family. So there's nothing there's nothing wrong. And I know Karen will, <laughs> Karen senior will touch on how there is, it, it's absolutely beautiful that the desire for unity, but the whole point of purity in relationships and in dating is for us to remain pure and united to that one ultimate person that God designed for us rather than uh, spread our ourselves for many, many people and be disunited.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think one of the, we're going to talk a lot about um, a lot of the romantic relationships in the Bible too and people we look up to. But one of the couples that I really enjoyed reading about was Tobias and Sarah and Tobit. Oh. And um, we, it's uh, we some of us have heard about the Orthodox tradition where like you stay celibate basically for three days um, and then consummate the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that specific verse, um, it actually said, for during these three nights, we are being joined to God. And when the third night has passed, we ourselves will be joined together. And I really, really liked that because it highlights what you guys said, like that the point of marriage is not to be just joined to each other. It's to be joined to God. That's the difference between getting married in a court of law versus getting married in a church, right? Is that Mm -hmm. you're being joined to God. That's real marriage. Um, So why, like you guys were saying, like why maintain your purity in a relationship a premarital relationship it's so that when you get there uh you can have that full intimacy and and the full experience of love and you get to experience all of that instead of a fake version if that makes sense
1: yeah or just a partial
3: um (laughs) yeah insecure kind of version
1: yeah and I think that that's what we're being sold these days is that something that's a counterfeit is actually just as legitimate Mm, Um, but there is no meaning behind the counterfeit it's fake.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's because we're also very used to, um, what, what's the term? I think it's called like short-term gratification or something Mm -hmm. or, yeah, that's like, like everyone says, like we live in a digital age, we get everything on a button. We're very, very used to like, if I want something, I get it. We've all been very fortunate or most of us have been fortunate in our lives that that's the way it works. So when it comes to relationships, it's like, I don't know how to not give myself what I want. Um, Yes, it is important to remember why. Another reason why, too, is that it clouds your judgment, right? Like, um, if the whole point of dating is to find out if this is the man you're going to be with for the rest of your life, um, you're not going to be able to read the situation clearly, whether you know this is love or lust. It will cloud everything. Everything will not become so clear. So I think there's like a lot of reasons that we can say, um, but the main one is it is just short-term pain for long-term gain. If you really care about that relationship and you really want it to last, it will only last if it's through Christ and it's blessed through Christ, which means we have to follow his commandments and his kind of guidelines for Mm -hmm. what that looks
1: like. I think also... Yeah, like it's important to then think about what love is or what kind of love are you striving towards in your relationship? Because love within the context of Trinity um, is meant to mean selflessness. It's meant to mean the outpouring of oneself into the other, not me, 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 not, not what I want or how I want to self-gratify.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that ties perfectly into the passage, which we can start talking about. Karen Jr., do you want to introduce the passage?
2: First Corinthians chapter 6, 18 to 20, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore honor God with your bodies
0: clear concise love it yeah there's no ambiguity
2: (laughs) yeah not at all and
3: like a quick note I wanted to make in relation to Natalie's comment before we read the passage was he starts this like tiny blurb by saying all things are lawful for me but not all things are helpful you know the the famous verse we know and then he starts talking about food and he it's like very unrelated to like the sexual thing that he comes to later right he says like um Foods for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy it and them both and everything. And so how like all foods are lawful for me, but not all things are, are edifying. And I think that's so it's so interesting when you get into the, the mind of the church fathers, like um Evagrius, who's like a famous, famous writer about the passions, he defines how when we when we start to give in to something the rest of the passions become very easy for us to fall into. And so the first passion that he says, and it's all in order is actually gluttony and gluttony leads to lust, which we wouldn't always consider, or we don't always think of, but it's true because when you look at food solely for your consumption and how can I like stuff myself with this and how can I gain it for my own pleasure and gratification? The next thing that I can consume and gain for my pleasure and edification or um, pleasure is, is that is a person in front of me. And so how can I, like lust in front of them or um or use them for my own gratification so yeah just a, a comment I wanted to add that like
0: that's so cool like everything connects like it's like just thinking back to every time we were thinking like why fast why does it yes. so much if I like fast properly or if I suffer with gluttony you're right because like you get to a point where you're introduced to something new and you're like oh okay
1: yeah I know and how to it say start- And then it starts to make sense why we put so much emphasis on fasting, because if you can restrict yourself from the mere food that you eat, Mm -hmm. you can really do anything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If you can deny yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very true.
3: And then he even says like every sin a man commits, it's outside of the body except for sexual morality. So if you're able to control the things that aren't even so closely linked to you, then you are able to control the things that have a very high kind of mastery over you, which is like sexual sin that binds you to a person or to multiple people both physically but also emotionally and spiritually and mentally
2: Uh, I have a question yeah Um, this I guess it's more of like a curiosity like a a fact thing Um, but Maria you could probably like correct me if I'm wrong (laughs) Uh, but I'm wondering like is there is it kind of the same pathway or like same kind of signaling that happens when you like can't control yourself from like Mm -hmm. eating food or you can't restrain yourself from food and does that also apply to like your sexual desires like is it kind of the same sort of like how with addiction you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's like this one pathway and then you can also be addicted to food and it's kind of like by eating certain foods that give you pleasure like a certain whatever pathway or something is triggered and activated and the cycle begins.
3: Yeah, it's such a good point. I, I don't have like a specific paper on it. I know Karen Sr. has uh, been looking for papers to include in oh, our <laughs> so that could be a topic be cool. of interest. But I, I definitely think so because like you said, addictions is all kind of related to the one area in the brain that just gets um kind of a release of epinephrine, a release of uh of good like endorphin hormones uh when you do gratify. And so some people do gratify with food, with alcohol, drugs, sex. It kind of falls under different categories but same umbrella
0: i think it's all like about self-control it's honestly like yeah like i feel like it's like if you're used to saying no to yourself then it'll get easier when bigger things come and if you're used to always giving yourself what you want in the moment then it'll be hard right
1: yeah yeah and it's saying you know Hmm. sorry i was just gonna say are you saying it's the practice of self-denial which is what (laughs) christ did when he came down oh my goodness this is (laughs) so weird wait is this kenosis and theosis oh my goodness (laughs) What?
3: <laughs> yeah. Um in in St. John Chrysostom's commentary on 1 Corinthians, he says that um like it's it's ironic kind of that the, this passage starts with all things are lawful for me because he's like hey you have like an open buffet of everything but flee sexual immorality and flee this this food and stuff because he's saying that without discipline and discernment through obedience to Christ freedom from law actually becomes slavery to sin. So unless we're able to kenosis and theosis and all that we are completely under the slavery of sin and so nothing becomes freedom anymore. Wow. I love
2: that. I'm writing
0: it down. I really
2: like it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love you, Karen.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because, and I and I like how like he's saying like all things are lawful because when you look at each thing individually, it's not inherently a bad thing. Food yes. and um, eating is not bad, you know, or else we wouldn't survive and we would die. You know, we were mm-hmm. given that for a reason. Same thing with our sexual desires. Like that's something created in us. We didn't create it in ourselves. So it's not inherently bad. It's just how you choose to act on it in the right time, in the right way, in the way that God intended for it to happen. So I think it's like yes. putting in the effort. To make sure that, you know, it's used for the purpose that it was created for. Right.
3: Exactly. Which comes back to the image and likeness and unity.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's simply a reflection of the Trinity. The Trinity is holy or pure and purity and defilement cannot, like by nature, they just can't coexist. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so question for you guys, how, like on a very practical level, like, let's say I'm in a relationship right now. What do I do? What do I do? Mm -hmm.
2: Like, like, and
0: and the thing is we have to be very practical, right? So it's like, obviously you're not going to date someone you are like not attracted to. You are going to be attracted to this person, (laughs) which will make it hard. Like, let's say you already struggle on your own. It's going to be even harder and put to the test in a relationship. So what are some like advice that we would give to them as sisters? Hmm. And advice for each other, honestly.
2: Oh yeah, the, the seven points that you created. Oh yeah. Karen's, Karen's like Sets. go ahead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. anything. <laughs> <I don't
3: laughs> like, any <laughs> There's I... one thing I'd like to mention. <laughs> um there is uh it's a YouTube channel called Ascension Presents. I may or may not have mentioned Mm -hmm. it to you guys before. I love them. And uh, one of the speakers on it talks about, she has a whole video called How Far is Too Far? And that's a question that we often ask in relationships. And her argument is that this is actually the wrong question to ask. We Mm -hmm. should not be asking this. The the question we should be asking is, how can I guard this person's heart, soul, and, and body in order to get this person to heaven? Regardless of whether I end up marrying them or not. And what's actually kind of scarier is that I should never be asking how far is too far because I don't know if this is a person I'll end up marrying. So in a way I should also be considering how can I get this person kind of safe and whole body, soul, and spirit for their future intended spouse. Wow. Um, Yeah. Which mindset, right? (laughs) And it's like, it's something, it's a mindset that we need to have until marriage, like until the sacrament, because, um, because up until then, you you're never you never know. and and there are relationships that we see that end before then, and it could be like after many, many years and after many phases. And honestly, that's what the engagement period is meant for. It is meant to test up until the point of marriage. I um, yeah, it just comes back to the question of like instead of asking, how can I use this person for my own emotional and bodily pleasure, it's how can I preserve them?
0: i I totally agree with that. I feel like it's like, It's also kind of disrespectful to God by saying like, oh, I know I'm going to marry this person. Like, no, there is at the end of the day, it's God's will, leave it in his hands until the day that that sacrament is performed. You don't know. So exactly the time to get to know them. You know,
1: I actually... I find it so funny how I, I i mean, we all, I feel like we all do this. I certainly do this um, with any sin. It's kind of like, well, how far can I really take this until like I have to go to confession? Right. You know, yes. like I have to confess yes. it. But it, it's so funny because if we were to like take that and apply it to like a relationship we would have here on earth, it's like, okay, well, how c- far can I flirt with this other person until it's like cheating? Yeah. You know, Abuna Anthony Messiah has. Like the, the, the fact that you're asking yourself this question in the first place is considered you crossing a line, right? Oh, yeah. Like that in itself is a beware sign for me. Yes. And so and so I think the first thing before before we like talk about any real world applications for our relationship with other people here, it's to ensure that before you go into a relationship in the first place, I'm saying relationship a lot, but your relationship with Christ needs to be exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to be in the forefront of everything. It needs to be the, the one standard yeah. and then nothing can, because I, I don't know, I was listening to this sermon um, the other day and he said something so funny about this whole concept of exclusivity with your relationship with Christ. And he said, can you imagine like no one messages, no one tells their wife hey, like, I'm in an exclusive relationship with you. I'm also messaging this other girl because I really love her too. Mm. But, like, I especially love you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no one would think that's okay. You know what I mean? And yet we do it all the time with him. So it just puts things into perspective for me. Yeah,
3: 100%. There's this analogy that really helped me of, like, when you ask how far is too far with a person you're dating – um, imagine a cliff and like you're basically asking how far is too far before they like fall <laughs> off the cliff and you would never do that to a person you love and so it's the same thing and I think the the second part of like you never know if this is going to actually end up into marriage but also the whole like you mentioned Karen the whole like the 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 marriage is consummated and the unity is is allowed or or sanctified through the holy spirit in the sacrament of matrimony so it's not just like a test of like don't push the red button don't push the red button until the the day of marriage it's like you can you can only be truly one through the holy spirit and that doesn't happen until the sacrament
0: wow yeah that's so true that really answers the question of most people like well what's the difference between like today and tomorrow when i get married yeah like it it is a sacrament (laughs) something happens like actually happens
3: there is a
2: transformation exactly the two become one Mm -hmm. My sister always tells me like she's like unless you're walking out of the church and you're done your the wedding ceremony and like and she's always (laughs) like until you've kissed which is like the moment like after you get married, you know. She's like you can never know <laughs> if but this you know is truly that's the actually, person.
0: Yeah, that's actually important <laughs> to mention too, because I think we forget too that things escalate. So it's like, um, you know, they're like, if, if you tell yourself, oh, like, we'll just do these things that right now don't seem like a big deal in a year or two, what are you going to do? You know, like, because as mm-hmm. a relationship progresses, your feelings will grow and it'll get harder, not easier, because you will grow to love that person. So of course you're going to want to be more and more intimate with them. Like that's natural. So it's like- You know, it's good to pace yourself as much as possible so that when you, like, later comes, you know, you're not struggling to find things. Like,
1: aren't there levels to sin?
2: Yes, Natalie. So there are. Um, I heard this, actually, by uh, a person. You can say he's, like, a patristics fanatic. Um, (laughs) And he... (laughs) He was mentioning how Peter of Damascus uh, spoke of like the stages of the passions. uh, And it's basically like the stages that lead you to to fall into a sin and to be kind of bound by that sin. And he he gave an analogy. uh, So let me just say the stages. The first stage is provocation. Um, So that would be like, let's say there's a salesperson outside your door. The provocation, um, that first stage would be, uh, for example, them. Ringing your doorbell, uh, but you don't necessarily do anything about it. You know, it's kind of just there. You don't pay ch- attention to it. Uh, you continue doing whatever you're doing. The second stage is disturbance. Um, so that's when you decide, okay, uh, this person's still ringing the doorbell. Maybe I should go answer and you know go to the door. The third stage of the passions is coupling. So that's when you you open the door and the salesman starts advertising his product to you, and you start thinking about it and asking questions about this product. And hmm. uh, over here, it's you can consider yourself like, you know, you're in really deep. The fourth stage of the passions is ascent. So that's when you've, uh, you've decided to go ahead with that sin. And you're, you know, you're, that's it, you've made the decision to to purchase whatever product the salesperson is, is trying to sell to you. And that's the stage of ascent uh the fifth stage is prepossessing. sorry maria can you help me with this (laughs) yeah that one
3: like it's it's also called like the second nature phase where it's like at a certain point you don't even have to go through steps one to four you're just naturally habitually falling into the sin
2: Mm -hmm. thank you and uh the sixth stage is when it becomes a passion and when you're truly enslaved by the sin and Mm -hmm. um that's, that's how something becomes a passion, basically.
3: Yeah, I love that you mentioned that, Karen, because it's so helpful to understand uh, when, when St. Paul, for example, says like flee sexual immorality and like don't even, don't even start this cycle. And we know that, of course, there's hope and there's help at every single time of need, as, as the Bible says. So in any stage you're at, the God will help. But if you're able to stop it from the beginning, whether it's like a pornographic site or a, um, a date at night that you know will not go well, or whatever it is, a conversation, a physical touch, you can stop it from the beginning before you get into the ascent and all the further
1: stages. Mm. So yeah. application, tips. Okay,
0: guys, I have some ideas, okay? I'm going to try to get through them as fast as possible. But I kind of just made this list off, uh, like hearing my friends talk, who are in relationships, whatever, like this is just what I heard works for our listeners. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, great. The first one is a must. It should work for everyone. Ask for God's help, like pray. I think it's a very huge must that Honestly, I I know a lot of people that do this, uh, where on their, before they go on a date or something, like they'll pray first every single date, every single time. That's a really good habit to get into. Like ask God to help you tell him that you're doing it for him. Like you're remaining pure for him. So he will help you if it's for him. Of course. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Mm
0: -hmm. I also, this is kind of random, but I also remember reading a book. I, I wish I could under, I remember the name right now. It was a spiritual book, but it was just saying how someone would always bring a picture of Christ on their dates and like put it um, in their purse or like put it on the table right between them and the and the person, and that would just be a constant reminder that like Christ is there, like he's wow present. Okay, the second thing is, try your best to genuinely don't do it. So that's that goes a lot into what Karen was saying is like don't put yourself in a position where you're gonna do it if you even feel yourself slipping into the later stages, pull yourself out as soon as possible. Um Saint, uh, John the Short said, it is by warfare that the soul makes progress. So it is worth it um, to pull yourself back. It is worth it to struggle. You will make progress in your relationship with Christ. And that's the ultimate goal. Um, and also like to go with that is like, don't fill your mind with so much sexual stuff, whether it be movies or music or the people you hang out with, if that's all you feed your mind, um, then there's no way you're going to look at the person you're in love with and not see them also as sexual creatures, you know, and that all being all there is to them. The third thing is kind of like surround yourself with good company. So have good friends who have good relationships that'll really, really help. I think uh, we discussed so much like sisterhood having a sisterhood talking about these things with your friends like I feel like it's hard for me or whatever like and they're going through similar things you can help each other out also talking to your father's confession and your parents laying down like actual boundaries uh, uh, rather than letting everything just be vague and up in the mm-hmm. air is really really good um, um I am yeah. sorry
3: to interrupt but yeah I heard something really helpful about boundaries and how they have to be communicated mm-hmm. um because what might be very uh kind of pure and and not very arousing for for you could be very oppositely perceived for some for the other person um and so there's also so you could communicate that and there's a really helpful kind of line i heard where you can differentiate between affection and arousal so we we know the difference and we know like the physiological signs when we are aroused and our our minds and what that takes us so there are signs of affection if it's a pure holding hands or hug versus when we're aroused and you can communicate that with your person as well so you can kind of know red line that shouldn't be crossed
0: so true I'm gonna get back to that in the myths I have like some also some myths okay sorry to go ahead no no I yes I totally agree I think it's something that you need to communicate with the person once everything is out in the open and in light I feel like all things is good you know like Mm. God doesn't operate in the dark yeah Yeah, because
1: because he is light and light and dark do not coexist perfect exactly yes so things have to be highlighted exactly Mm -hmm. I'm I'm writing that down too
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the slogan I really like it god doesn't operate in the dark
0: <laughs> and light and dark do not coexist okay <laughs> um okay number 4 Uh, have good surroundings this is my favorite practical tip I feel like it's always good to try your best to stay in public places like I know that that's like really annoying but like you can still be one-on-one just in a public area because you know like you won't do anything much if you're in a public area and also do something on your dates make sure there's a goal or like an activity you know go painting go whatever that way you know there's no temptation no time for the devil to put thoughts in your head and the last Mm. thing is like under that like good surroundings or keeping it holy is like pray together, pray together on your dates, set a time where, or a book that you read together. So keep Christ in the center of your conversations and your relationship. The three last things. I just,
1: I just want to add to that one. Yes. And, and just quickly say, like, I think I feel like we use that tip as, um, an excuse sometimes where we're like, Oh, but we read the Bible together. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, but we pray every night together. That's all good and fun and nice but it means nothing if it's not being kept alive Mm. so another way that we can look at the relationship being a reflection of the trinity is if we allow the word to actually take life between Mm. the two of us so i think that it's like not just taking the step of reading scripture together but it's also ensuring that maybe we incorporate it into our dates like the things not not reading it but like doing something exactly Mm -hmm. The lessons that the 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 the, the, out like making, becoming true light like sons Mm -hmm. of light walking around Mm -hmm. the earth. Yeah, Yeah. yes. Love my
0: yeah. My father confession always says to like not um like to make sure that there's also something you're doing on your own. Like it's the time you pray with uh, your significant other should not be the only time you're praying. Like you should also have something else to yourself. So you if you're gonna read the Bible with your significant other, make sure you're also praying it on your own or you have your own quiet time. Um, cause it shouldn't just be then. And also I'm glad you brought that up because the next point is maintaining it. So mm-hmm. maintaining your purity in the relationship, like we said, with time, it's actually going to get harder, not easier. So it's you, boundaries might need to increase. You know, you're going to try different things out. You're going to see maybe, Oh, like this place isn't good for us to be in. We actually have to limit this. So that like those boundaries might increase, allow that to happen and may try to maintain it as much as possible. Number Six, almost there. Two more. Uh, find a guy who wants the same things you do. We said this so many yes. times in our episodes. A man of God is like he, because unless you both want the same thing, it's going to be very hard to be the one always reminding the other person, like, but well, we got to keep things pure. Eventually, he will pressure you. Eventually, it'll get too much for the other person if they don't understand it for themselves. So both people need to be on the same page. And the last thing is don't keep things in the dark. Like I just said always if something happens bring it to light talk to your father of confession even if that means they'll restrict you more it's okay that's the risk we take because at the end of the day what we want is to be as close as possible to christ so it shouldn't matter
1: um but yeah that those were like beautiful tips i came up with um and just really quickly before we end off Mm. i want to talk to everybody listening out there who might have already fallen like i don't want you to feel like we're shaming you in any way. And I don't want you to feel like that that's it for you. Um, Because it's not. There's a beautiful verse in Revelation 21. After
3: all the chaos of Revelation, he says, behold, I make all things new. And you could repeat that to yourself every single day, even every single hour, anytime you mess up, behold, he makes all things new.
1: But that means you have to be anchored to him. And it, we know this already because we know about the Samaritan woman and we know about the sinner woman and we know about all of these stories and all of these things start to make sense when we look at it through the context of purity and holiness and what he is capable of making us, making us new again. In fact, um, I'm, I'm going to, there's this quote by Saint Macarius. Um, he says, it is not true as some maintain who are led astray by error that the human being is irremediably dead and can no longer do anything good. A small child is incapable of anything. It cannot run to its mother on its own legs. It tumbles on the ground, cries out, sobs, calls out to her. And she is gentle with it. She is touched to see her baby, seeking her so impatiently with so many sobs. It cannot reach her, but cries out to her tirelessly. And she goes to it overcome with love. She kisses it presses it to her heart and feeds it with unspeakable tenderness. God loves us, and he behaves like her towards the soul that seeks him and cries out to him. In the eagerness of that infinite love that is his, he takes hold of our spirit, unites himself to it, and we become one spirit with him. The soul is linked with the Lord, and the Lord, full of compassion and love, unites himself to it, dwells in his grace then the soul and the lord are one spiritually they form one life one heart
0: incredibly beautiful highlights the fact that we're all weak nobody is strong um stronger than the other we all need christ to help us through these kind of trials yeah
3: yeah romans 13 14 like but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I don't think you can do the second part of the verse if you don't put on the Lord Christ.
1: There you go. So run to him, be that like sobbing child. I don't know. Yeah. Break the alabaster flask at his foot, Touch his garment, touch the edge of his garment, do do what you got to do, you know?
0: pray and you know what it's good to also like uh besides also praying for yourself that god may strengthen you pray also for your significant other i'm sure it's hard mm-hmm. for them to pray that god strengthens them and you both
1: whether they exist in your life currently or not exactly something mm-hmm. that my father of confession used to tell me is like pray for him whoever he is just kind of pray for <laughs> right. for that person whoever he ends up being um for him to be like this godly man and for him to be patient and for him to be kind and loving and all of the things that we know the Trinity to be Christ himself who was and um, what love is in itself
2: beautiful beautiful so something a story that my father's confession told me that I really really liked and really stuck with me um, he was telling me about another girl who when she was in high school um, he told her to buy a necklace a little heart necklace uh, and to wear it all the time to keep it on her um, and to have that as a symbol of her purity and her virginity, uh, but not just her physical virginity and her physical purity, but also her mental and emotional purity and uh, virginity. So she she did this and he told her, keep it and wear it all the time uh, until you are with your husband and then you can hand it over to him. So she did. She wore it all the time throughout high school, university. Um, And then finally, she found the one and they got married. And after they got married, she went to her father of confession. And uh, she was telling him on their wedding night how she um, took off this necklace and she gave it to her husband and she put it in his hands. And she told him, I have kept this for you and I have kept it with me at all times, and I've preserved it for you. Um, This precious gift, I'm now giving it to you for you to protect and to keep in your hands, and it is now yours. And she reserved that for him, and he he loved it so much and appreciated it so much. And she was telling Abuna like, this was the, the most pure and precious moment ever to be able to have said to that person, you know, I have I have remained pure for you, and I'm now giving it to you, and and it's for you to hold forever. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was very beautiful. Yeah, that's true romance right there. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that, yeah. Okay, let's pray, Karen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one oh, God, Amen. Thank you, God, for allowing me to have this beautiful opportunity Um, and these lovely sisters who have welcomed me so warmly um, to join in these amazing edifying discussions. Um, thank you for giving me this community uh, of, of women and of sisters all around the world who are connecting and, um, and, and learning. And thank you for giving us this chance to also learn and grow as we prepare for all of these uh, discussions that we have. We're learning more and more. Um, Thank you for for giving me all the support and the love from these lovely people. Um, Please, God, let us uh, have the strength to remain pure and and, um, to remain clean as you want us to be and as the saints are. Uh, Give us the strength because it's very difficult. And when we fall, please remind us that um, you make all things new and that we should not despair because you love us no matter what unconditionally and give us the strength to also be able to get up and to restart um, and uh, allow us to, to have the strength to remain like this no matter where we are because with the different communities that we're involved in nowadays it can get difficult and it's distracting and very loud and vulgar, and as soon as you step out the door, it's a whole other world. Um, but as you said, we are not of this world, so help us keep that in mind—that we are not of this world—and uh, give us the courage to to face the snares that are set outside for us, um, and help us to remain pure as little sheep among the the wolves and the foxes that are out there. Um, through the intercessions of all of your saints. Uh, St. Saint Verena, St. Saint Damiena, St. Mary, the beautiful Theotokos, hear us and pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever Amen. Whether you'd like more information on
1: resources used in this episode want to suggest a topic or leave your feedback please visit our website aimishur.com And even if you just want to talk feel free to reach out to one of your AIM
3: sisters For as we have many members in one body but all the members do not have the same function so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of
0: one another Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages